Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's right. We are doing part two, property versus shares. Who will win out in the ultimate duel of the ages? So part one abruptly ended because John has a life and he had to leave. So we're going to finish off the bit of the rabbit Warren rant that I got down and into during that. But before we get into this episode, just wanted to stop in a little bit of housekeeping. How are you, John? Good, Glenn. Yeah, good, and mate. you? You're good, buddy. You're well. <laughs> I'm up and about today. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Wouldn't expect anything else. No. Nope. Uh, but we've got Laura from La La Social Club. Hi, Laura. Hello. Hi, Laura. Hello, friends. So, as you all know, Laura's a very good friend of the show and she also helps slash does our social media now yes there's a rule that i'm not allowed to do the um the grid or whatever you call it <laughs> but the yes. stories oh the my goodness stories, <laughs> the stories in the facebook group are really your domain yeah which that's right you do a great job oh, thanks laura <laughs> actually before i'm gonna read we usually do this at the end but it's pretty funny is this uh, the chemistry thing no 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 but that was hilarious we've got a review Good content, poor delivery. Oh. It's a shame because the content is really good and there's some good nuggets of advice, but the messy open table discussion format is too unstructured that the knowledge bombs are fleeting. The personal experiences shared around the group don't often bring the point home and it becomes just like a commercial radio segment. I would love some structure and an agenda or narrative, but then again, that might not be what they're looking for. And if you know my life, it's pretty random. So, sorry, everyone. <laughs> Never much structure. And, and this, is the, this is the banger part, all right? This is for you, Laura. <laughs> Got you back. Their Instagram is a lot more refined, which I appreciate. <laughs> well, there we go. So, yeah, that was a three-star review. but uh, Three pro- stars, you know, that's okay. It's neutral. I mean, yeah. it was probably a two-star review, but because Laura does our Instagram, yeah. they went, you know what, have <laughs> three. It was probably one, actually. So, went to three. if there's have one thing three. I've learned, I can't please them all. And we, are, we actually are working on the structure. And I'd hate to think that they've listened to that first season last year. Yeah. But hey, yeah, because I mean, we... it's still sloppy. I mean, I'm a sloppy <laughs> individual. My life's a mess. What can I say? My life is a mess. So, so Laura's, um, she, we've basically what we've done because we wanted a, a female to be the voice of reason with us, yes. exactly, but not someone who will put up with my crap. Also true. So, <laughs> I've sent every time John and I record a podcast, the invite goes to Laura as well. 
and she's free to join us and she's here and she's fun and she's a very good friend of mine. Yes. And thanks, Glenn. Appreciate moment. it. At the moment. At the moment. <laughs> and until I, I will yeah. say, like you haven't seen it just yet, but usually, and John knows this, I turn into a different person when we're recording, like just before I press record, because I'm flustered and so Laura, quickly just tell us about your business, what you do. Right. I run a business called La La Social Club and we help people look good on the internet. So we kind of help people with their marketing strategy and social media strategy sweet and then make people look good essentially how did you come up with the name um my nieces and nephew call me lala because Ah. they couldn't say laura so then i was like i want it to be a social club and kind of put put combine it together yeah you're listening to my millennial money if you find any of Glenn's opinions offensive on the Instagram feed or on the podcast, then it's really simple. Just don't listen to what he has to say. I do it all the time. So we won't recap all the points and the pros and cons that we started with, but what I wanted to do was let's assume uh, to start with that you're ready to go down the property or equity investing journey and that i think on mass actually let's swing back around john before we even think about investing we need to make sure our housekeeping is up to date so with your clients if they come to you uh to to look at growing their uh, wealth yeah like clearly if somebody's got credit card debt they haven't been able to shake that's got to be an issue first yeah interesting and i saw it this morning where someone had well over 50 grand in the bank, but yep. still had credit card debt. Really? From the concept of, well, I just like that 50 grand sitting there and there's three grand of credit card debt. Well, it's minimal interest, so I'll just pay that pay that off gradually. But the emotional um, feeling of having a square 50 yeah, I think there was trumped a, any small that, interest repayment. They may have hit that goal or that benchmark and yeah, yeah it was quite... So that's that's my first yeah. thought is get rid of that. Yeah. So I think before you start debt. investing, you just need to, and I'm not talking about, you know, using uh, like Rays or Spaceship Micro Investing, yeah. doing little roundups. I'm talking about strategically where we're chunking some serious money yeah. into our future. Um, we need to make sure you've got no consumer debt. We need to make sure you've got an emergency fund. Mm. We need to make sure you've got your income insurance set up and your disability cover. Because we just don't want, once we embark on our investing strategy, yeah, um, it's certainly, you know, we just don't want to have to sell down assets if there's an issue. That's also a, a pro as well for the share team, John. If, um, <laughs> if, you, if you, you do have an issue, you can actually just stop investing into your portfolio where if you've got a mortgage for a property, that doesn't stop. Because you haven't been able to leverage as high in the first place. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I suppose just a side note to that is if you are a business owner, you may have some a car lease or something going on like that or a business loan. Yeah, and I've kind of probably been a a little more bearish on the car loan issue. Yeah. I mean, if you do clean up all your other consumer debt and you want to get started and you still have a car loan, whatever, knock yourself out. Um, It's just... I guess what I'm, I like crap on about, it's like if you've got ongoing consumer debt, usually it's a symptom that you're 
usually it's a symptom that you are spending more than what you earn. Yeah. So there's a systemic issue with your cash flow system. So yeah, well, it's an unknown, isn't it? This well, I don't know really what's going out, but yeah. I've got a, a an amount that comes in every fortnight, and as far as I know, most of it goes out, if not more. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Now, Laura, like when we talk about investing, mm-hmm. like what's your initial thought if someone said to you? oh, I'm going to start investing next week. Like what would, <laughs> and there's no right or wrong answer. I I think actually prior to listening to the podcast, I'd never really thought about investing in shares. Yeah. So I think my first thought was uh, maybe rent vesting or, yeah, so kind of living where you want, buying out in the sticks or whatever. Um, and what was that reason to, to not invest in shares? Was it? people you're surrounded by or just like weren't exposed to it or didn't interest you? I think just not being educated on it, actually. Yeah, the unknown. I I just don't really know um, much about shares, whereas property seemed like, I guess that's that Australian dream of... Mm. Because you don't really talk about either of them at school. No. I mean, the economics teacher may talk about the, the value of money and historical data with maybe shares or property or some type of asset, but that's it's just Mm. surface stuff, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think it is, and I would say, like, for example, and as Laura started speaking, I was thinking, you know, you've cleared your debt, you've got your emergency fund, you've got your income insurance. You know, Laura's planning a wedding. Yes. With Nathan. Now, (laughs) call me crazy, but... I wouldn't want to be starting an investment journey tomorrow if we've got such a big event that we're saving money for. No. For sure. Because for what sure. usually happens, and, and I always say this all the time because I've just seen it time and time again, and I've been guilty of this myself before I had a good structure set up. You invest, 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 or save, save, save with the idea not to touch that money, and then two years later, oh, something comes up and you have to sell down because you need the money. Yeah, and I think whilst we can't pinpoint exactly what's going to happen in our life in the next five to ten years, it's pretty uh, important to do a forecasting of, say, well, yeah, I'm probably going to want an overseas trip in two years or three yeah. years or we're maybe looking at family in the next three to five or something like that. So you you can do some forecasting, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And I would say, like, um, because you didn't think of this uh, when we recorded last week with the uh, as a pro for property, mm. um, <laughs> 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 it's because property's good. And this is why I like property myself because I can't just sell a portion of it and spend it. <laughs> It's like for you, yeah, yeah. Well, I've never thought of it that way. Like you, I'm I'm kind of protecting myself by investing in a large, uh, illiquid asset that isn't easily sold. So, yeah, with property, I'm protecting my spending nature. Keep your hands off it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But but you could go and and it happens quite often where where someone realizes a gain, whether it be fifty grand, hundred grand, Mm. whatever the figure may be, and then. All of a sudden, they've got a wedding coming up or they want to put a pool out in the backyard. So, the easy thing is to sell the property because they've realized some gains. Yeah. But it still happens. Yeah. But yeah. You're right. Yeah. And, and to counter that, uh, a pro for uh, equity investing. <laughs> <laughs> if, and when we talk about realizing a gain, that type of language just means I've purchased an asset. We'll call it $500,000 investment property. It's grown to $600,000. 
when I realize that gain, that means that $100,000 gain or difference, realizing it makes it real. Yeah. Uh, and in the share world, we might call that, we crystallize that gain, which mm-hmm. means make it you know, from liquid to crystals and real. So one advantage of shares is, yeah, we've got this portfolio. It's had a cracking 12 months or 18 months. Oh, crap. Something's come up that is an emergency and I don't want to touch my emergency fund. Yeah. I don't have to sell that whole property to get the $100,000 out. I can just sell $20,000 worth of equities. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, yeah. For someone starting. Yeah. So, I don't own any any form of investments. Yeah. What do you guys, I don't know if you've already covered this, but what do you guys recommend as a starting point? A dollar figure? No, as no, in like a strategy almost. For shares or property. Yeah. How do you think, What? Do you, which one do you think is better for me to start with? Well, can property. I? Sorry? <laughs> property. I mean, he said it first. Yeah. That means, yeah, you weren't, okay. you weren't committed well, to the shares. <laughs> well, I, I was, you know, because I'm a measured uh, person <laughs> yes. and considered, I'm measured and considered. Yeah. Um, kind of onto your question there, Laura. Rachel asked a question going into the Facebook group the other day, and it's actually perfect. So, Rachel says, next best step once you've purchased your home. To me, that means next best step once I've purchased the home, once I've gone on the international one year away, once I've X, once I've done IVF that costs 30 grand and we've started our family. Okay. Mm. So, and remember, because the home thing, that's a goal. That's a lifestyle goal because it might be someone's goal not to buy a home, okay? So, next best step, once you've got the home, you've saved three months of expenses, so they're cracking. They've got their emergency fund fully funded, and they have no other debts. Mm-hmm. Now, assume, Rachel, that you've got your income insurances sorted, so we'll assume that as well. Now, the next thing is, does she pay down the mortgage? Does she invest? Does she save more? Now, to Laura's question, Laura says, what's my first step? It all goes back to what are your goals in life, namely maybe the next five to seven years. So, for example, for Laura to get started in investing tomorrow, it would be probably not a wise move. Yeah. Because you're looking at me, John. No, I'm I'm listening intently. (laughs) Yeah, I'm standing up and these two are sitting down. So, I'm like on the mountain giving a sermon. (laughs) Drink up. It's a mountain in Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I guess... Because she's getting married, you're saying? Yes. Yes, right. So, what I would say in your situation, Laura, it would probably be because you are getting married this year, you'd really need to start having these joint discussions with Nathan to say, what are our plans? What are our Mm. goals? And it might be that, hey, we want to get a house to live in. Yeah. And then there's just no point investing. And as a rule of thumb, I say if you need the cash, you wouldn't invest it, albeit a deposit for an investment property or a home to live in or whatever it is. You just wouldn't invest it if you need that money within the next five years. Yeah. And that, cool. that, I was just going to go there. So in your... And I will swing back around and answer Laura's question to a point as well. Yeah. It's a good question because it's probably on the lips of a lot of people out there. Absolutely. Um, every day. And... Um, so, so yeah, if, if Laura was hypothetically saying, right, in the next three years, 
we reckon we can we can get a deposit together if uh, if Bill or Scott help us out as well. That's a bonus and and get our first home. Yeah, yeah. Um, you wouldn't go and put twenty grand of it into some sort of managed fund or bond or share over the next twelve years, uh, 12, 12 months, two years to just improve the um, deposit amount. No, no, because the market could fall out. Yeah. And when it's time to buy, the market could be lower yep. and it could be a negative return. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you've actually done worse off over the 12 months than leaving it in cash. Yeah. So that's why I like to say five years. And anyone listening, if you're cash heavy and itchy, it's okay to have cash parked for five years. One, if you've got something coming up that you're saving for. Two, if you do not know what your situation will be. So as a counter argument to that, and I'm not, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but what if there's that'd be the first time? <laughs> what if someone's out there saying, "Well, oh, I've got thirty grand, but I'm just um, scared that I've got sticky fingers and I'm sure. going to go and spend it." Yeah. So what I would probably do is, um, if someone has saved thirty grand, generally they're pretty disciplined. Mm-hmm. And that might have been a lump sum yeah, from sure. grandma. Yeah, sure. Uh, first and foremost, on the My Millennial Money Express podcast, I did an episode about term deposits, mm-hmm. if they're still of a use or not. And it might be a, a strategy to park it in a term deposit for two years. Yeah. At least it's locked. Cool. The other strategy I would say is possibly an online savings account that is with a different bank and you don't see that money day to day. Uh, or three, yes, if it was a 30 grand inheritance from Nan or Pa or whoever, uh, yeah, sure, put it in a small share portfolio if you've got no intention of using it within the next couple of years. Yeah. Uh, if you did save that 30 grand and you might be adding $500 a month to, or, or whatever, another strategy is that you might invest that 30 grand into a small index fund or something like that. Mm. And then not invest anymore and just keep saving cash. So, you've kind of hedged your bet. So, the more money that you put into your pot of savings, $30,000 is invested. The next six grand a year or whatever is in cash. So, what's happening is that pool is getting less risky Mm. as time goes on. So, there's no right or wrong answer, but... You're just not taking it to... Ranwick or Flemington to, yeah. to punt on the horses or <laughs> yeah. the casino. Or, yeah, that's right. No. So, and we say it all the time, but it's like personal finances, it's so personal and different. Mm. And having money parked in cash for three years might not be for somebody because they want to do something. Someone might want to buy an investment property. That's yeah. also a good strategy. If you did get an inheritance and you've got a good income, yeah, sure. Can you speak to John and you know, get yeah. get a property happening. As I say to most people I speak to in, with this topic and most steps that we take in our investment journey, we just don't want to back ourselves into a corner. We want to have a plan the B options. and plan yeah. C up our sleeve yeah. if plan A doesn't go as we, we think it yeah. may. Right. And my point about, you know, plan B, if you are saving regularly $500 a month for a house and, oh, we've got 30 grand saved, but... You know, realistically, we might be three years off, three mm-hmm. to four years off. Yeah, sure. Throw that 30 grand in a portfolio, hedge your bet a bit and just keep saving cash. Yeah. What about for people who feel like as a millennial, if you're not in the market yet and you have a bit of FOMO mm. on getting into some form of investing, what is your 
advice on not rushing into it and like how do you think millennials can resist the urge to just kind of impulsively invest do you want to go first john yeah the the first thing i would say to to the fomo situation is is gear yourself up with with knowledge and research Mm -hmm. and if you've done that i think the fomo thing will will play itself out and, and will resist the temptation to go and just splurge it because you've you're a bit more structured and calculated in your decision making Mm -hmm. i think if you don't do any of that yeah it's like easy come easy go and let's have a go here and see if it works yeah um but then depending on whether it's property or shares i suppose i'm only speaking from a property point of view if you've got the deposit to make an investment in some way, shape or form, and, and let's say it's a rent vesting example and you're going to invest somewhere and your borrowing capacity allows you to go and invest, then and the timing's right for you now, then why not go and do that? Yeah, cool. Um, like someone says, oh, how much is enough for a deposit? Well, how much at your situation based on what you want to achieve from the outcome and how much the banks will lend you gives you a good starting point. Like yeah. if, if the banks say, will lend you $100,000 and you've got a ten grand deposit, then the time's not right for you from a property perspective. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. But I would say on that, that FOMO thing, we said it last episode, Laura, like, have you ever had a job, Laura? Yes. Yes. <laughs> have you got a superannuation account? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Start calling you Aaron. <laughs> I need to talk with you about yeah. that superannuation so, scenario. So, you're, you do have share investments and yeah. they're in your superannuation. Right. So, I think the first thing, and on episode 206 when we did talk about shares, mm. and if you've already listened to it, everyone go back and listen to it because it's really, really good. You know, Vince Scully, he says it really well. Get invested, stay invested, and invest some more. Mm-hmm. Like if you just did that. So what that means for you, Laura, in this day and age that we're living in with technology, there is so many micro-investing apps where you can get started today yeah. with as little as $5. And so that's why I would say these micro-investing apps, you know, check your own circumstances and read the PDS and all that. It's not advice, but I know companies like Raise and Spaceship, yeah. and there's probably more to come. You know, you can download the app. And actually get invested today. Yeah. And you might do a roundup from your account. So that Sweet. means if I spend yeah. $4.80, it will throw 20 cents in that investment account. So that's what I mean. I wouldn't be doing more than some little micro investing just to start working on the habit, scratching the itch yeah. to start yeah, with. Yeah, cool. And then working on our goals. Because a lot of the time, and I'll give you an example, Laura, when a client comes to you and says, do my Instagram. You're like, well, hang on, let's back the truck up. Who's your audience? What's your tone? What's all this? For sure, for sure. When people come to John and I, they go, we want an investment property. We want a share portfolio. We're like, hang on a minute. We've got to take about 20 steps backwards because they're getting caught up in the what, not the underlying goals and the how. But the FOMO is a big one. uh, It's it's a really important point. And I think as millennials, we feel like, oh, man, we already feel on the back foot. Um, but what's put you on the back foot? Because like millennials, the early stage of millennials are sitting there at 19, 20, 21, thinking yeah. that they've missed the boat. Like they're not long out of nappies. Like, 
Yeah, well, I guess it just feels like... Probably 18 years out of nappies. <laughs> adult nappies. <laughs> yeah, adult nappies, right? You're just, you're just starting. Like, yeah, remembering but, Game but of I Thrones, think... like the 12-year-old breastfeed, getting breastfeed. <laughs> but I think, like, so when I started investing, it, it was like, okay, buy a, buy a property or a house to live in. Uh, if we're buying shares, there wasn't this online stuff. It was like maybe West Farmers or Elders or yeah, AMP. Send or, a check in. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was very straightforward cookie cutter. Yeah. And, and that was kind of great in a way yeah. because it was either one or the other. Now it's like, well, is it raise? Is it um, yeah. Is it um, bonds? Is it is it property? Is it shares? What is it? Like there's so many different yep. things. And a, a locker room talk says, well, I'm doing this, you should do this. For and all sure. of a sudden you come yeah. home and you've got 12 different things and it's all, it's FOMO's increased. Yeah. Absolutely. And you feel like, oh man, am I making the wrong decision? Mm. And I guess that's the, there are so many options. Yeah. Um, and it can feel like, oh man, if I, am I going to stitch myself up? Like, is it even a good decision, blah, blah, blah. There's so much noise around it. So I think... Um, and to be yeah. honest, the best kind of quote-unquote investment could be... So if you're listening now and your money's a mess, like you've got one bank account, money goes in, money goes out, every year Rego comes up, you're scrambling, how am I going to get... And Rego is so expensive now. In New South mm-hmm. Wales, when I bought the new car, and we can chat about that later because I don't think we've officially given everyone <laughs> an update, it was like $500 to register. Yeah. Like, so... And then you've got to get the insurance and yeah. it's just yeah. so expensive. Yeah, you've got to keep it registered so, in Victoria. <laughs> yeah, everywhere you do. <laughs> everywhere. But I guess what I'm saying is the best investment you can make right now is in getting those foundations right. For sure. And if you had a goal of like, I just want to go for the next couple of months, not living week to week. Yeah, And Absolutely. that's why I'm a little bit of a contrarian in the financial planning space because there's a lot of this technology stuff and and even on instagram the other day i shared something with upbank who's you know friends of the show um it tells you hey last month you spent x amount on this and that my view is in with the spending plan if you haven't downloaded it yet yeah. jump on sortyourmoneyout.com and click download or whatever i'm more interested in saying how much is your income what are your expenses and then on the third page it says put this amount in that bank account it's mm. so good and the spending plan is awesome because it actually gives you a realistic look at oh man like my hair every month is costing me this amount how yeah. much do you spend on your hair look my hair's pretty bad at the moment it looks like heaps to me <laughs> i have a lot of hair yeah i have a lot of hair um if it well, goes by per strand that's seriously a lot. it's a lot um no, I reckon every time I go to get my hair done, it's about 250 yeah. bucks. Yeah. So, when you map that out and, mm. like, you start What's to... What's it cost you? Yeah, it well, cost you about the same, Glenn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I thought if I shave my hair, I won't have to get my hair cut. But Tony next door at the barber, I get my hair shaved every week now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Does he shine it? No. He buffs it. <laughs> hey. Sorry, you'll yeah, mute me you're if, right, I say, you're, if I say anything else. <laughs> I, I will make a ruling. No, but um, yeah, no, but it's, it's, it's scary it's when you, you see. In the face. Yeah. yeah, and you kind of go, oh man, this is how much I spend on all of these categories. Yeah. And that's what I love about it is that it has hair, yeah. makeup, all these things that, and yeah, rego, car, blah, 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 all those things. But all those lifestyle things that mm. you have that you don't, register actually that's a recurring cost even yeah. though i might, might get my hair done every 
six weeks, every two yeah. months or whatever. It's a recurring cost that happens every single... And it needs to be factored in. Totally. And, and that's what's so mm. good about it. It helps you to actually know this is what I'm earning. This is this is what I have to actually... Because yeah. I, I spent with. thousands of dollars in like my financial planning business getting software that was like linked people's banks account and all that stuff. But like at the end of the day... I'll say people or me, and most people anecdotally when I talk to them, don't tell me how much I've spent at the freaking cafe last month, whatever, that's in the past. Tell me what I need to put in each bank account every week and how much I can spend. Yeah, like for sure. For me, budgets suck. Mm. Like, don't hold me back. Like, just give me money, let me spend it. So, it's more of a spending plan thing. But a lot of people think, why are you talking about this in the shares versus property debate? Because it's just so important. The shares or property doesn't actually matter because they're an investment in a growth asset. We are saying before you start investing in any growth asset, you need to make sure you are on the right track. Just do something. For sure. Hey, I know I crap on all the time about getting our foundations in place, but our personal protection plan is something you need to do today. I know many of our listeners have got this set up, but if you're one of them and haven't already, go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and I'll put you in touch with someone who can guide you through. Generally, there's no cost to have an initial chat. And if you're young, fit and healthy, you need to get this stuff in place today. If you've got a family and you're not covered, hey, what if you freaking died? I'm not messing around. You need to get insured. Do it. Do it now. And anyone that I refer you to will do it the same way that we teach and we talk about here. And that advice provider, wherever you are in Australia, are happy to have a complimentary discussion with you at no cost to see where you're at and see if they can help. So what have you got to lose? Have a chat today. Jump on to sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. I want to get into where we ended last episode with, so we've got everything on track like Rachel and and my spending plan, it tells you how much you've got free per year or per month. So after you factor in everything. So let's use the example, John. Rachel and her partner, they're on a really cracking income. Yep. Uh, they've got a they've got the mortgage, they've got the home. They might do a spending plan and say, look, we've legitimately got eight hundred dollars every month that's not accounted for in terms of we've met all our living expenses, we've met all our hair appointments, we've put money aside for ad hoc birthday presents, Christmas presents, the annual weekends away and all that stuff. Yeah. And that's where I, why I did that spending plan. It's the one I use because I wanted to actually know how much does it cost Glenn to exist yeah. with all my entertainment and life hmm. and then how much is actually left over. And when we talk about in financial planning, we need to get to that amount of how much is left over and then what we do, we say, this money is, quote unquote, not needed today. It's needed tomorrow. Now, then we've got to work out tomorrow. Is it kids' education in 10 years? Yeah. Is it a, we want to fully retire by age 55 and travel the world? Is it tomorrow? Yeah, we're happy with life. We're going to work until we're 65. And then I guess what we do is we go, okay, so the money's not needed today and we want to pay less tax, what are the most tax-effective structures to hold our wealth? Mm. Now, I've said this before in other podcasts, and I don't mind being completely candid, as usual. I've got nothing to lose. Sue me, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but as an example, in my life, my leftover money, I kind of, to maximize the tax efficiencies under the 
current law, I put the maximum I can into superannuation each year, which is $25,000. So that means when I earn money, it's taxed. It could be end up effectively 35% tax rate or something. I don't know. If I put money into super, that $25,000 is only taxed at 15%. So for me, it's the perfect storm. I'm saving tax for my life and I'm just quarantining that $25,000 every year in super. Mm. So the Glenn James, when he's 60, 65 years old, he's had this money growing in a tax-free environment and he's saved tax on the way. Yeah. So so then there is the argument of, well, 22-year-old Bernie. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible name. Yeah. That's-, <laughs> That's the new. It's one of those. It's one of those up-and-coming names. It's an up-and-coming, yeah, it's like... It's, gone, the, um, it's done a full circle, Bernie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Bernie. Weekend, <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm weekend not in the know. Bernie. Yeah. I'm not in the know like you, John. <laughs> Neither am I. Anyway, so, so Bernie says, well, I'm 22, I'm 100 years from retirement. Yeah. Do I contribute an extra 15 grand to super knowing that I'm 40 years from accessing it mm. um, just for the purpose of saving tax. Yeah. And the answer is probably no. Probably no, isn't right. it? Yeah. yeah. So then enter what other options do we have? Yeah. Now, and again, it's not all about tax, but for me, because I did have somewhat a fair bit of surplus in yeah. my life, um, it's like, what do I do with it? Yeah. So, I've also got an investment property, as you know, John. Yeah. And there's a second one on the way, mm-hmm. um, which I needed to kind of do that because the investment property, one, it's outside of superannuation. So, it can grow and be it's mm. taxed in ordinary dollars. So, when we use the word ordinary dollars, it means it's not in super or in a company generally. It's our own ordinary money. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think it, it does come down to that thing, do a bit of everything. But, yeah, and be and, wise about it, and and the whole property v shares, as we've said, like mm. they both work. You yeah. just got to do your mm. research and know that that particular asset yeah. class is for you. But if it's pure property, which it was for me, um, potentially four to five good quality properties or the right properties should reduce your taxable. Uh, someone on a hundred k income should reduce your tax to basically zero on today's tax structures yes that's correct so so that that could change going forward but i'm just assessing on today's tax structures yeah yeah so and again i think it's more of a for me my own personal mandate um i don't borrow money for equities yeah because one of the cons that i said for equities is because it's priced every day it's that emotional side so Mm. i can borrow money for a an investment property I'm not looking at the price every day. It might yeah. be every three, four years that I look at the price. Um, yeah. I don't want to have that emotional roller coaster of borrowing hundreds of thousands of dollars on an asset that, yes, it's going up over time, but it's like walking a yo-yo up a hill. Yeah. Like it's going up and down. On balance, it is going up. But um, Yeah, and you're emotionally involved in the outcome on a daily level. Absolutely. Yeah. So back to Rachel's question... She said, do I save more? Well, saving more, for what? If this mythical figure of $800 a month that they've got free, sure, if there's something that we're not budgeting for, like a couch, a new couch, yeah, yeah, you might peel off $200 a month and put in a couch account. Mm. 
So it might be that you save more for something. It might be that, and one of her things was, do we pay down the home mortgage and more? So in their situation, John, what would you say to that? Yeah, so if you've got a home mortgage, there's a chance that you're paying anywhere between three and a half to four and a half percent, give or take, depending on whether it's principal and interest or interest only. And it should be principal and interest ish yes in most cases it should be um the the only in today's lending more so yes because your interest rates are far more competitive pni than they are interest only so if she's parking her money in an offset account against that mortgage straight away she's earning or saving whichever one you one you call it anywhere from three and a half to four and a half percent so it's better than sitting it in a online saver account so laura do you know how that offset account thing works no okay so for example um if just picture two squares in the sky yeah one square has five hundred thousand as a figure in it which Mm -hmm. is a mortgage the other square call it one hundred thousand dollars so if that one hundred thousand dollar square wasn't linked to that five hundred thousand dollar square if that was a hundred thousand dollar savings account you'd get interest at 2% because mm-hmm. it's an online savings account. But what an offset account does is if you had the $500,000 square, which was a mortgage, and they were charging you 4% interest, you link the $100,000 square to that, and they say, we won't charge you interest based on $500,000. We'll only charge you interest based on $400,000 because we're offsetting right. that $100,000. Cool. But they're not going to pay you interest on that $100,000. Uh-huh. So the wash-up of that means is it's not worth having money sitting out there on a savings account if you've got a mortgage with an offset account because you can effectively get double the interest rate on the mortgage offset account yeah. by the way that they're not charging you interest. Yeah, But For they're not sure. giving it. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we did a, a video on our, our Solvay website a few weeks ago about the three, I suppose, pillars. One is is paying off your mortgage in the quickest possible time, yep. saving tax, and then investing, right? And most, not I shouldn't say most Australians, but a lot of Australians want to really make an indent on their mortgage by paying down a really sizable chunk before they go and do anything. Yeah. So they've missed the second and third pillars of, of creating wealth. Yeah. Right. So whereas I talk about in that video of, of, well, it's actually possible to do all three if you've got your ducks in a row. Yeah. Using the offset account, pulling out equity, um, minimizing your tax that way and investing wisely. So, mm. yeah, for, for Rachel, um, that, that would be the first obvious step would be to have money sitting in the offset. Yeah. Um, if she was looking at something more uh, aggressive than that, then it might be instead of using the offset, putting it in the offset, taking the money and parking it in property or shares yeah. as an investment. Yeah. And then I think it's so it all goes back, you know, we all broadly agree, uh, particularly Laura, you've just been so vocal on this point that you just have to be growing your wealth. <laughs> <laughs> and, I have been. Yes. yes. And um I yeah, I just don't necessarily think it's which one. I think it's in which order that you should do that. And the order varies, doesn't it? It does. Like it's there's no script for anyone. But we 
there was a question that came in. Uh, one of the listeners, he said, I literally do not want an investment property because yeah. I don't have the time or the headache factors to deal with agents and tenants. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Pump an equity portfolio, pump an exchange traded fund. Yeah. Like, so then I guess it goes to tax structure. Do we have it in one partner's name, not the other partner's name? It might be we put it in the low income earner's name, the high income earner's name, whatever that looks like. Yeah. It might be, so Rachel's $800 a month mythical. Um, it might be we've carved off $200 a month for short-term savings goals, like new lounge or mm. stuff like that. So we've got $600 left. It might be, hey, we're going to put $200 a month into the higher income earner's super might be that way and then we're going to carve off when john sits down with them and does some cash flow that yeah you know we can actually get an investment property yeah. uh, and we need to just throw in three to four hundred dollars a month yeah and it's actually all humming along mm. so i think i've done countless scenarios with clients where we've got them into an investment property and salary sacrifice to super and they pretty much go from paying you know 30 grand a tax a year down to 12 yeah. like yeah so there there can be some real good strategies but i think and just on this you know i'm a generous guy john you are if rachel writes in to me and just say rachel you heard us can you give them a one of your clarity calls complimentary <laughs> So, so now I'm being generous <laughs> as well Jeff, because of your I generosity. I framing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a generous guy. That can you be the generous guy this time? Yeah. All right. It was a one-off, Rachel. I'm happy yeah. to do So, it. just on that, like we get a lot of... So, John does clarity calls in his business and he, he charges 3.30 for the hour and he does some research. But anyone who listens to the show, uh, John does that at a discount um, because he's actually a Apparently nice guy. Apparently, it's for free now. But yeah, so yes. I use my discretion because um, we've just you know, use Rachel as a case study. Yeah. Um, but and again, I think it then goes to, so for me personally, yes, I've got, I cap out my super. Yeah. And that might not be forever. It might be, okay, this financial year is an opportunity to get another property. I think it will work out better that I, I turn down the super at the moment and divert that money into another strategy. Yeah. So would you agree with me in the sense that if no. I've got surplus <laughs> funds yes. after I've invested and after I've created or, or creating wealth over the next 10 to 15 years, yeah. I've still got an extra 15 grand sitting spare. Yeah. That's when it goes to the longer term into super. Absolutely. Reducer. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm very atypical. I'm mm. not normal. So no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> so don't do what I do because for me it is very strategic based on my own situation. Yeah, and I fully am aware of the risks that if I'm pumping in twenty five grand a year into my super, yeah, that it's actually locked away. Yeah, and it's it's sticky hand syndrome for it you, is. isn't oh, it? Mate. <laughs> is it? Is but it? I think stressing the tax situation, like. Uh, someone, the common conversation, someone goes to their accountant, oh, you're paying too much tax, you need to reduce your tax, okay, mm. I'll just go and get a property, I'll go and get mm. shares. It's absolutely not as simple as that and you shouldn't be going and buying something purely for tax yeah, purposes. Yeah, and I'll give you an example. In probably 2005, 2006, seven, before the GFC and all that, and I don't even know if they still do it, uh, you could invest in um, agricultural schemes in Tasmania and you could put, you know, I could buy a plot um, of orchards or whatever, yeah. agribusiness, complete $50,000 investment and write that $50,000 off 
that year in right. tax. Yeah, okay. And then what would happen is there'd be a fire and or a frost or whatever and the plantation's gone. So, <laughs> we're talking, you'd be doing that if you had millions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you'd, yeah. So, yeah, I think Rachel, yeah, have a chat with John, bounce some ideas off him. I've given you an hour of John's time. Let's chat, Rach. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I just, there's no, it's hard to give you who's listening the right answer we just need to get your cogs turning about strategy about strategy so you can then explore and get more informed mm. because on this podcast we're never going to say do one thing or another uh we're always going to say learn more about each thing yeah and yeah. get help and particularly any of the advisors that I send people to they will only educate you enough to make your own decision and you do that with your clients don't mm, you absolutely I think the the first step for someone listening right now is is go and absolutely put into your calculator how much tax am I paying, and you might be surprised as to how much that figure comes in at. Yeah. Um, those that are diligent probably already know the answer, but uh, and, and the tax rates are continually changing as well. Definitely yeah. from now to two thousand twenty two, I think they're they're changing somewhat depending as to who's going to be in power, but. It's amazing how much goes out in tax. From our gross income point of view, our biggest two expenses in our life are tax and our mortgage. And children. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, just on that, um, John, what phone plan are you on? I'm on a $99 Telstra per month. What are you on, Laura? I'm on a uh, 80-something with Optus. Yep. You? Don't know. (laughs) <laughs> so what i've done there and it's a if you're in sales or something out there if you want to kind of have a bit of an uh insight of to how someone's brain works so we know that john's kind of on top of some of the numbers and details because he knew straight away what he's on <laughs> and i'm like i'm uh, on something yeah. doctors yeah and i'm kind of the same like i don't i i don't know it's yeah, it was of, this, but now it's this. I don't know, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> what sort of car am I driving again? Oh, I know that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. So, we might leave it there. And again, apologies if you've listened to this two-part series and wanted to hang up the headphones thinking, I know exactly what I'm going to do. But it's just more of a discussion, more of a chat. Mm. We just want you to clean up your cash flow, bank money. And for some people, John... Saving an emergency fund of three months' worth of expenses, that could be the first investment goal. It's a good and, goal. And that could be the most amount of money you've ever saved, and it's a boring amount. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just so, so important mm. to build your house on solid foundations. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you don't want to build on Don't let, I'm, I'm not going to be quoting scripture just yet, but it's like it's the same <laughs> analogy, isn't it? Like... <laughs> Um, or is it, wasn't it like the three little pigs or something? And yeah, the blew the house down. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. Sticks. Sticks. So mm. use sandstone, not sticks, people. <laughs> if you are after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. In fact, it's a general advice podcast. But if you do want somebody to talk to, jump onto sortyourmoneyout.com and click on Get Help and I'll be able to put you in touch with an advisor or a mortgage broker who can actually sit down with you or have a Skype or a Zoom meeting and really work out what you need based on your own personal circumstances.
Remember, we hang out on Insta at My Millennial Money. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Ghetto Proprietary Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Flustered and... We're in Sydney the other day and... <laughs> It was a six o'clock event and he couldn't have a meeting within 12 hours in preparation for that event. Really? It was the live event in Sydney. Were you jogging on the spot the whole time? No, I just need to be very prepared mentally. And because I said to John, like, how are you going to do it after meeting all day? He's like, oh, I exercise for 10 hours I at a marathon the other day. I get that. I Sorry, this is yeah. an aside. Um I had a workshop the other night, an Instagram workshop, and that day someone reversed into my car in a car park. And like normally, you know, you hop out of the car and you kind of see how it's going to go, but out hops this lady, this big lady, and she was in a four-wheel drive and then her son came out and was just abusing me. Really? So it was hectic. Anyway. So that rocked you for the whole day? Well, I was pretty shaken up. I had to tell him to get out of my face. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I understand uh, needing to like yeah center yourself beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I, I do understand zen. that for sure. Yeah. Well, maybe, like maybe you just need to toughen up a bit. Thanks, John. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> says the Iron Man over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think coming from the farm, you know, like the sheep get out. There's a bushfire up the road. There's, uh, there's uh, the tractor <laughs> I, breaks down. I, there's, there's always things there's, going wrong. I don't right? think you realize how fragile of an individual I am. <laughs> no, I do. <laughs> We do. I'm going to take a photo of you right now. Um, with these with banana. Your foot up. <laughs> Doesn't even look like his leg. <laughs> but that's good. I like when we did those uh, chicks killing it series, and we did two yes. interviews in Newcastle. <laughs> I got home straight into the lounge room. Did push-ups? No. Fell asleep. Died on the lounge. <laughs> he f- fell asleep on the way home. I'm talking away, and it's like, Glenn, you here? No, nah, gone. Mm, mm. Laura. <laughs> yes. Very important question for you. Mm-hmm. And John, I'll get you to answer this as well. Yep. It's a bit of a would you rather. Okay, perfect. Would you rather, so you're walking down the street with Nathan at the local shopping center down the mm-hmm. street. Whom's yep. your fiance? Who's your My fiance? fiance. Yep. Would you rather his hand in your back pocket or <laughs> holding pinkies? Um, <laughs> and, and, yeah, it's one or the other. Um, look, for flexibility's sake, I'm going to say the pinkies. Yeah, and but that looks kind of awkward. It looks weird. That does look really weird. Yeah. Why not the whole hand? No, because it's a would you rather. Right. Don't mess but with like, my rules. The hand in the pocket, 
Yeah, that, that kind of decreases your flexibility. Yeah. You've kind of got and someone... And it's very, like, you 80s in love, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if some kid comes flying through on a scooter and you've got to get out of the way, it's harder, right? <laughs> so, you you would prefer the pinky? I think so. Yeah, okay. I, I think so. That's awkward. John, what about you? You and Ames. Uh, pinky, for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Like, oh, I'm You've with got Laura. more freedom. I'm, Laura. I'm going for the yeah. ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's because you're the one holding the ass. <laughs> Yeah, that's... I, it's just so awkward, the pinky. <laughs> no, no, okay. Well, would you rather put your hand in Nathan's ass or... Um, Did this happen to you? I, Are you trying to tell us something? No, yeah. no, it's just a hypothetical question. A hypothetical question. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I think pinky. I think it's far more um, useful for life. You right. can do other things, you mm. know? Right. Interesting. What would you rather? Yeah, I'm going the ass. <laughs> oh, oh, actually, okay, interesting. <laughs> I would rather give an ass hand than I don't want to take an ass hand. Really? See, that's the thing. This is why you need a woman on the show yeah, because true. I don't want to take an ass hand. <laughs> Some chicks would like an ass hand. Would they? Well, I don't know. I think so, I'm sure. Maybe. Well, I've got three kids, so if they're walking next to us, there's no arse hand going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have best. an arse anyway. <laughs> Where is it? It's just a bit flat. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Interesting. what are we talking about? I don't know, but that'll do. I'll clean that up. <laughs> and Deanna said, joining the Facebook, I just thought it was funny. <clears throat> I, I, I ask people, I ask people, how did you hear about the group? Because you get randoms from all over the world who just join and I don't want that yes. rubbish. Uh, through the podcast, found it when browsing the app store after having an oh crap, I'm 26 with nothing money moment and have been binging it since. And for all of those who binge this, I apologize for my voice for that long. <laughs> binging. Mm. All right, I'll do. Rightio, John's oh, John's actually got pen and paper today. You couldn't hack the technology last time, so well, my technology let me down. I lost all what I, what I wrote there. So, <laughs> so <laughs> let's. Do you want to recap, John, your pros to property investing? Yep. Where do I start? At the top, right at the top. So, f- number one was I can touch and feel. Sure. I can I can walk in it. I can uh, see what I've got. I can see there's a piece of land there. There's a house on it. Whatever condition it's in, it's in, and and I can make an informed decision as an investor, but also as a, a homeowner as to what I'm looking at to potentially purchase. Sweet number one. Yep. Two. Number two was. Let me think about this. What was number two? What about I just start with my pros and cons? <laughs> yeah, because we went we went pro con, con pro, pro con. con. Oh, let's just let's just not even recap. Do you reckon it's worth it? Yeah, because it's part two. So mm. let me just. All right, so we're not going to do an in depth recap of the pros and cons. Oh, it's a leveraging. Yeah. yeah, so a couple of pros that John had: we could touch and feel it. It was easy to borrow. Um, possible. (laughs) (laughs) 
you don't make them any easier for me to edit. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you have to edit more of your own stuff than mine. That's true. Just so what ne- are we doing? Need you to talk into that microphone. Yeah, what are we doing? Let's we won't recap. <laughs> so we won't recap. Speaking of itchy, <laughs> I was when I woke up from my surgery last month. Oh gosh! I was, <laughs> I was in the recovery room, and I woke up with the mask on, and I'm all like, all of a sudden, itchy everywhere, and I'm like, something's wrong. Something's wrong. And she's like, oh, it's the oxycodone that makes you itchy. Right. So working in an ant patch. Yeah, it was weird. Like all my tummy was itchy, and <laughs> and then it was so funny. The last ankle surgery when I woke up. I was just in a daze and I don't know why I said it to the recovery nurse or whatever. The, <laughs> I said to her in, in, quote, in inverted commas or whatever, I'm like, are you the theater nurse? <laughs> she's like, oh my she's like, why are you doing the air signs for? I'm like, I don't know. I just wanted to know if you were the theater nurse. <laughs> that is so weird. Yeah, it's totally weird. So, how did you come up with the name? Um... My nieces and nephew call me Lala because ah. they couldn't say Laura. So then I was like, I want it to be a social club and yeah. kind of put, put Combine my, it together. Yeah. There yeah. You go. And one thing led to another and next minute she's neck handing minute. out <laughs> ass hands. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That's also true. I, yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.